Welcome to the Voice of the Forest podcast. This is Temple Archives Books Padawan. My name is Ed, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Noma. Hello there. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. And Dan, my other co-host, how are you? I am doing well today. I got to go to a, a garage sale that had creepy dolls just lined. And you're good because of that? There, it yeah, was weird. <laughs> I'm glad I got out of there when I did. Okay. Uh, there was like 30 of them just staring back into my into my soul, and I, I just couldn't take it. Were they porcelain dolls or like baby doll kind of things? A mixture of both, which oh, was concerning. Gross. Run. There's about equal halves, like 15 of each. They're like, <laughs> thanks know... for stopping by. I'm like, thank you for scaring the shit out of me. Have a good day. <laughs> it's the same street that Stephen King found inspiration for it. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't doubt it. Noma, would you like to tell the listeners what Temple Archives is all about? Sure. So here on Temple Archives, we are going over all of the, I mean, canon, non-canon, but most like most of the time it's the books, you know, that help enrich the Star Wars canon and timeline most of the time. <laughs> so we basically summarize the story. We will tell you how it relates to legends and canon material. We have a bit of a discussion about it. And we also talk about uh, where it fits into the timeline. So for instance, with this book today, Padawans, this takes place before episode one. So this is Obi-Wan as a fresh Padawan, like very new, still not quite sure about the relationship between him and Qui-Gon. But yeah, it's a, it's a good time overall. Well, depending, we've all got uh, different opinions on this book, I think, which is interesting because usually we're all fairly in line. Actually, I might be the outlier today. We'll see. You'll have to listen to find out. Uh, but before we get into the books, if you've got anything that you'd like to tell us, if you've got your own opinions on Padawans or Padawans, Padawan, whatever it's called, and you'd like to let us know, we'd love to hear from you. And Dan's going to tell you all the different ways you can get in contact with us. Yeah, you can find us over at voiceoftheforce.com. And voiceoftheforce.com is our website where you can find all of our episode posts. You can find embedded links that you can play in the website on your phone or on a browser on the computer or laptop tablet, wherever you want to do for SoundCloud, you can just click the play button on the website and it will play for you on that website as well. You can find a contact us form. You can also find all of our, you know, about us and our shop is on there as well. If you want to get some logo styled merch, you can get face masks that apparently nobody uses anymore. You can get stickers to slap on whatever you want, like a laptop or a tablet or something or a t-shirt fun times. Uh, you can also uh, email us at a new email address we just got connect at voiceoftheforce.com c-o-n-n-e-c-t at voiceoftheforce.com and uh, you can let us know what you thought about this episode and maybe Padawan or Obi-Wan in general that kind of stuff you can find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at voiceforcepod you can retweet, repost, or share on your story the new episode posts that we do there and it does help with showing other people the podcast, so then it grows our listener base and is very much appreciated, as we always say. You can listen, rate, review, follow, or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and all major podcast platforms. If you give us a review on any of those podcast platforms, it helps people find the podcast. So if you really like the podcast, give us a five stars, put a comment. It only takes a couple minutes, and honestly, it makes a huge difference for us and for people to find the podcast. So if you do that, that'd be fantastic on whatever podcast platform you listen to. If you have multiple, give us multiple reviews. That'd be fantastic. And if you subscribe for free or follow for free, you'll get the latest episode downloaded to your device as soon as it releases. And remember, Padawan is an audiobook, and we were so happy to use 
Audible for it. We use Audible for all of our, all of the audiobooks we, we present to you guys. And mm. it's not just audiobooks they have on there. I can name 10,000, honestly, <laughs> that I've loved and I have on my list and I keep wanting to go to. I end up re-listening to a lot of them, but there's a whole lot more content on Audible. Podcasts, guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, and some of those are really good. Like they're they're a whole cast of people. They got a bunch for Star Wars already. I think we might have reviewed one already. Kind of check our old stuff for that. They've got comedy on there, Audible Originals on there, Nameless. That was one of them. That's a whole series now. There's a few of them, and I listened to that first one. It was really good. The story was interesting, and it was just from Audible themselves. So it's something that you really, really need to check out if you haven't already. If you have and you've only been listening to audiobooks and you haven't checked out any of these other things they offer, maybe dip into it. I wouldn't say go like, you know, you have to look at a wellness program or you have to look at the comedy, but maybe try dipping into another podcast. Try looking at one of the theatrical performances because if you like one narrator and you stick with one narrator, you won't hear anything else. If you look at these theatrical performances, you get to hear about 10 of them or 15 of them. And it's like you're sitting at, you know, the Mervish Theater or something like that and listening. Clearly, I'm from Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just listening to this performance, and it is fantastic. If you do choose to do any of this, please sign in at www.audibletrial.com slash voiceforcepod. If you do use that, you'll get one free credit, I believe. And if you are also an Amazon Prime user, you'll get another free credit. So that's two credits. So why not try an audiobook and a theatrical performance? I think you'd enjoy it. Don't forget from the last episode that you can actually also, if you don't like the book that you're listening to, you can refund it in the year Pretty and fun. then also buy another book. Mm-hmm. So that, re- that credit can be reused once. So yeah. Thank you, Ed. Oh, I should be thanking me because I am the host today. <laughs> hey, <that>. hey. <laughs> <laughs> so... One thing that I didn't realize is if you go onto the podcast app on my phone for Apple Podcasts, I have mm. the Canadian Apple Podcast app, right? So mm. when I go onto our uh, podcast uh, thing on the browser to see the different reviews and stuff, I can change that to different regions. So okay. if, you send, if you send us a review, let us know by tweeting at us or going on Instagram and, and sending us a DM because I didn't know that we had four or five other reviews on the podcast or for the United States. So awesome. we, I read, cool. we read out the first one we had on uh, the Canadian app store for the Apple podcast, but we have four to go through that. Are, we have not seen for a few years. That's what oh. I'm <laughs> oh, So okay. remember that time that we said we read I it out if we it got up. a review and then we never did it? That was our bad. So um, What are you talking about? Canada is the only country worth mentioning in the world. Right? <laughs> so here's the first one from uh dark side 66 from march 12th 2019 i love your username Star, i, I know, sorry. It's, know it's a little late but dark side 66 hell yes gave us a five-star review and said a must for any star wars fan and then at 1990 or 1966 dark side if you want to find them on twitter awesome uh or instagram i'm much. not sure thank you uh, March 13th, the day after 2019, it's from 12341234566654 is the username. Okay. <laughs> uh, great discussion from this podcast. In my honor, or my opinion, Star Wars Episode Nine will be the best Star Wars movie to date. Mark my words. Hold on, Noma. Okay. May the Force I be mean, with you always. No, that's fair. I Bring mean, it. hey, I it was predictions, speak, man. Speaking as someone, not that I'm just gonna, you know, try to buff my own ego again. I think speaking as someone who worked on that movie. I agreed with it. 
uh, them up until I saw it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly thought it was going to be pretty good so from everything I saw. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five, six, six, five, four. If you have changed your opinion, update your review or send us an email or yeah, a, a tweet. Do whatever uh, works for you. Because yeah. I, I remember that uh, that's, I was going to say like youthful ignorance or uh, innocence, but <laughs> was very young back then. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I definitely remember thinking like, oh man, nine, you know what? Eight was kind of eight was kind of you know whatever, but I'm sure nine will will be a nice send off. So I definitely agree with that sentiment at the time. Yeah, uh, coming to a little bit closer to us, uh, January third, twenty twenty, in the middle of the pandemic. Um, Jan- wait, January? No, it's before the pandemic. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. It was March for us, right? Yeah, yeah. The rest of the world was earlier. Um, so cool show. This is by Charles Westcott. Uh, great guests. Great variety of topics. Great info. Give this show a shot and enjoy like, like enjoy it like we do. And that's from Pat and Charles. Thank you, Pat and Charles, awesome. for that review on Apple Podcasts. And from the the gentleman on Twitter, uh, Rule Farm Boy, he uh, retweets all of our posts and and shares this with other mm-hmm. podcasters and lets people know that he's listening to us, which is very very helpful. Thank you for doing that. And he gave us a review, which was from April seventeenth, twenty twenty one. I think that's when we were asking for them on Twitter. So I think he did it mm-hmm. right around then. Give us a five star as well. And it says Star Wars talk exclamation point. Be careful now exclamation point. Bad words abound exclamation point. <laughs> but it's all in good fun and a heart emoji. Hell yeah. Thank you, Rule Farm Boy. You are, that's pretty apt. Pretty apt. Oh yeah. <laughs> so if you are a listener that has given us a review on any other country, there is lots of countries listed on here. And I, I went through some main ones like Germany and Australia and the UK. I didn't see any others. So if you did, give us a shout on uh, the podcast. Twitter, on the contact us page on the website, Instagram, or through our email at connect at voiceoftheforce.com. And let us know, and we can read it on the the air for you. Thank you so much for doing that, guys. It does very much help. Appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. Thank you once again, everybody who left a review. It's it's good to know that people are enjoying what we're doing. Yeah, definitely. And definitely not going to let it go to our heads, but I just want to say I think we're the best podcast now and start. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. We will create the dynasty of the voice of the force. And... We will do everything. <laughs> and then we shall rule for a thousand years. But first, <laughs> we must discuss the cover of Padawan. But before you do that, remember to listen to the outro to find out what we'll be covering on the next episode of Temple Archives. <laughs> I swear I thought we'd done that. Okay. Yeah, Moving no on. <laughs> we have our cover here. I... God, it's very Obi-Wan, isn't it? I, mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor has done such a... There's going to be no one else playing this, like, voicing him, maybe. But mm-hmm. in terms of visual, he will always be that Jesus on the nightstand of every... <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> but um, Utterly iconic. <laughs> my artistic views are go only so far, so I will say, first off, Noma, if you have any, any <laughs> detail to go into about this, please enlighten us all. Sure, sure. First off, I really, really like this cover. It's got this beautiful, like, semi-realistic, but there's just enough that, you know, obviously you know this is a drawing, right? It just it just straddles that line between realism and, I almost don't want to say, like, realistic cartoon really, really well. So, absolutely, that part definitely is what stands out to me the most, especially the eyes. There's so much uh, vibrancy and life in those eyes, which is really kind of accentuated by the lightsaber blade you can kind of see the reflection off of his pupils nice. uh, outside of that we've got a very nice cover S- minor minor critique 
I've banged this drum so many times with High Republic and everything uh, else, where the background is very blue purpley, and it works to a degree because it really you know helps contrast Obi Wan with his more kind of browns and beiges yeah. and then flesh tones, but it is very similar to his lightsaber blade, so the lightsaber blade kind of blends in. It's not too bad though. There's definitely much worse ones that that we talked about that kind of go together. And then the lighting is very subtle on him. You can just barely kind of see the lightsaber glow on the upper parts of his robes and a little bit on his arms, not too much on his face. But that part, you know, it's only because I'm remembering the Obi-Wan TV show where in the final episode, there is an intense blue glow. Oh, yeah. In in a similar kind of lighting. And that's the only reason why it really stands out to me. Yeah, other than that, it's a really nice cover. I honestly, if I was a huge Obi Wan fan, I would want it. I'd be looking for something without any of the lettering yeah. to turn into oh, like a yeah, little poster. For sure. And yeah. I'm sure people on Reddit have done that already. They always do stuff like that. Oh, yeah. The one thing that I would say about this cover that really stood out to me was how Star Wars logo is really small. Usually it's like the main <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. Like Padawan's bigger, and Kirsten White, the author name, is a lot bigger in mm-hmm. terms of like being more present. And I actually mm-hmm. like that. Because it gives well, more, I think... it gives more credence to like look at the art, mm. and like here's this the is... title of the book. We know it's Star Wars, mm. obviously. Sorry, Gad, go ahead. No, because I think this is where the marketing team really got their words in, mm. because mm. this has been like mostly the half a year so far has been Obi Wan. Yeah. So mm. now with everything, it's just like okay, but we want people like you'll know it's a Star Wars book because there's a lightsaber, but we want everybody to know who it is right away because I feel like. Obi-Wan drove more sales than from this book than anything rather oh, than if, sure. if the if the Disney Plus show had not come out first this book wouldn't have done as well and I think because I feel like it brought a lot of people back in and people who haven't been paying attention to Star Wars for a few years other than the prequels have been like oh so I'm gonna check that yeah, yeah. and then see this and it's like oh more Obi-Wan yay it's like if there was a if there was a Mandalorian show and then a book right after was mm. fixing things, just a new book or something like that, they'd be like, Mandalorian, oh my God, I can't, I can't get it. Like more stuff. It's just yeah. more stuff at this point. So that is one thing I think Disney does really well with how they market yeah. their things. Like they, they're always on the ball to be like, hey, you're going you're gonna to eat this up because you're already <laughs> eaten. We're just adding more to your plate. Welcome to Mandarin. Mm-hmm. But um... <laughs> <laughs> love that. But it is, you're right, though, it is nice. Like, this is, for people, we're describing it a lot, but Obi-Wan right now is, he looks like episode one Obi-Wan, but, like, mm. a year or two younger. younger. Yeah. So he's still Light got younger. the braid, he's still mm. wearing the same brown robes and everything like that, but he's, as you read the book, you'll see. It's it's yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a fun one. It's a rollercoaster ride. It'll make you laugh. It might make you but we have to give thanks to a few people for this cover for sure because it is one we've sorry go ahead i just said before we do like uh list the author and stuff like that i just wanted to say like did you guys notice the eyeball in the the corner right by his face oh yeah of whatever the animals yeah yeah. i think it's one of the yeah one of the plants on the planet or one of the creatures if the plants have eyes i have some concerns i mean the planet was kind of weird in that regard they're better drain gear that's all yeah that's some weird stuff Oh, yeah, I think it was really cool because you can kind of see, I don't know if it's his lightsaber or like the bioluminescent stuff of the planet and the mm. plants and stuff, giving off that blue glow. No, it's the, it's the lightsaber that's reflecting to his eyes and to everything in the back, right? Yeah, it's really good. I like it. I really do like it. And it shows that he's mm. determined to resolve to do something. He just looks <laughs> cocky. <laughs> All right. I got this. I am forced. Uh, but yeah, before we jump in, the author of this book is, like we kind of said before, Kirsten White. 
The cover artist is Charlie Bowater, and the narrator is Gary Furlong, because we all did listen to this on Audible. I gotta say, Charlie Bowater hasn't done any art, as far as I know, for the Star Wars stuff. Killed it. Mm. Absolutely yeah. killed it. Yeah, really nice. Like, the, the realistic cartoony look? Mm. Fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Shadows, everything with it. It's um, good. And uh, narrator. Nailed the accent for Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Young Obi-Wan, especially, yeah. too. Like, yeah. episode one Obi-Wan, just added a little slight tinge to it to make it sound a little younger but honestly i was like who's gary furlong and then we're listening to it i'm like wow this is actually quite good yeah um, that was one of, of the first things from the ottawa i looked at it and i was just like okay we always so it's the, not yeah. jonathan david yeah it's not it's not mark thompson yeah exactly like who my is other this dude who i didn't like okay cool let's give it a shot yeah but yeah they did a good job good job gary absolutely uh so before we jump into the synopsis as always this is our spoiler warning you know, we've got our new style. We're doing our shorter synopses, but we're still going to, once we hit the discussion, talk about everything. We're going to spoil everything. We're going to assume you've read it. So if you do want to listen to Padawans, I'd recommend stopping here, going to listen, and then coming back. It is a little bit more targeted for young adults, but not as much as some of the other books that we've seen. So it is, you know, it's a, it's got a couple of lighter tones, but it is still a good book. But this is your final spoiler warning. And from here on out, let's get into the synopsis. So overall, this book is fairly compact, which I think is very nice. It's like a one-off, right? But we're seeing Obi-Wan when he's 16, which I believe is, what, three years before Phantom Menace? He's 18 or 19 in that one, or even, I can't even remember if yeah, he's like 20. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly the timeline, but it's pretty close. It's before yeah. Master and Apprentice too. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's he's basically just been picked by Qui-Gon. They've been doing stuff for like maybe around a year. <laughs> a and... sign, really. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. As, as we <laughs> learn later on, yeah. But yeah, so basically, he doesn't really understand why Qui-Gon picked him, because he's kind of chafing under just being in the temple the entire time, which made me just think of Wreath. Yeah, I was going to say, because Wreath wants to be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And everyone's like, I want to do stuff, man. I want to go out and be a Jedi. And I'm just meditating every day with Qui-Gon, and I don't understand. And so there's there's some great real back and forth. You can really see Obi-Wan's got that kind of teenage spirit. Where like he's doing certain things, like he's meditating with Qui-Gon, and he's like, I can't let him know how much I'm freaking out. And it's so obvious Qui-Gon's being like, Oh my god, what what is happening? Like you can clearly sense all of Obi-Wan's emotions while they're doing this meditation thing, and Obi-Wan spent the entire meditation just freaking out. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to, what to do. How am I supposed to empty my mind? I'll just pretend so that I don't upset Qui-Gon. And then it, Qui-Gon tries to give a subtle hint where at the end he's like, I I am I know I'm not the master that you were expecting. And Obi Wan's like, "Why did he say that? What? Yeah. How did he know? What's happening?" And it's exactly. like, "Oh my god, dude!" <laughs> he just, yeah, it was, it was just just completely out of his depth. It's so right? funny. So, yeah, so so eventually, basically, Obi Wan through a series of events because we also kind of learn some things that you kind of see Obi Wan continue to do uh, later on. Like he kind of likes to be alone and contemplative and really just in his own head to try and figure stuff out. So he's kind of wandering the temple. We had a little bit of stuff with his friends that we'll, I'll touch on on the discussion, but he basically through a series of events, and this was a great <laughs> twist the knife in my heart. He gets into a area that used to be a library and is now kind of like a mess hall. And he goes into the back and he finds uh, graffiti on this, this oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah back star map that was left by Orla Jereni and Comac, uh, Comac Vitus from High Republic. Some good stuff. And, yeah, and they basically show this planet that uh, Orla wanted. So uh, an older Orla wanted to go to. So he looks it up and sees that basically she recorded this thing. And we get this awesome callback where she basically is like, uh, I want to scout this planet. I want to visit it. There's something that's worth doing here. Um, oh, sorry. that That's later on. But anyways, so it, and it kind of just ends there. 
and Obi-Wan's like, oh, did you never visit it? What's happening? And he goes, oh, this would be a perfect mission for Qui-Gon because you know, I know he likes mysteries. Yep. So he like, runs off and, and goes to tell Qui-Gon. He's like, oh, oh, this, there, there's, there's this mission. And I totally wasn't sneaking around there because I'm concerned about our relationship. It was because I was investigating. I felt the force calling yeah. me. And, <laughs> and Qui-Gon's like, ah, very good. All right, well, let's do it. Get a ship and we'll do it. Yeah. So he does... Basically, he gets a little uh, astromech droid and this small, uh, like, one or two-man fighter. And as he's doing this as well, we kind of get glimpses. And I think they did it really well because we see in episode two that Obi-Wan doesn't know Count Dooku. But Count Dooku's there in the temple that day. And Obi-Wan, like, doesn't really talk to him. He just hears someone talking with him. And he hears Dooku's voice a couple of times. So he's waiting for the mission. Qui-Gon never shows up. It's been like six hours and eventually he gets so embarrassed. Everyone's like, you know what? I, I'm a real Jedi. I'm going to do this myself. And he just gets in the ship and leaves yeah. and goes off on this planet. And we're getting little snippets of like the, the, the obvious big bad guy, like being all shadowy and like, oh, I need to find this place. I need to find the planet. So Obi-Wan shows up. There's this big asteroid field around this weird planet. The asteroids try to attack him as he's coming in. And he's like, yeah, that's really not weird. normal. Yeah, like what the hell's happening? And so he like lands on this planet gets out is like looking around goes to this village it's like what the hell happened to everybody and then gets just jump tackled by this random person that he's never met before who steal and then someone else steals his lightsaber and they run off and he realizes like oh these guys are young chase them through the forest uh, the forest starts trying to attack them all the creatures start trying to attack all the people and that are cha- that he's chasing and like kind of him but not quite he's kind of just running behind being like that's weird uh manages to catch one of the people grabs his lightsaber back is and is kind of indignant but he's also very confused because as he's chasing them, he's realizing that they're using the force to get away from him. And he even calls me. He's like, oh, my God, I found a bunch of younglings. So he goes with them and kind of learns some things about them. He, They're kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Revealed very, you know, piece by piece by piece. Where So basically, he at this point, all he knows is that there are these, there's this huge group of kids, uh, like maybe two dozen who are living on this abandoned ship in the middle of this planet. They can all use the Force for some reason. They call it the power. Mostly different races too, right? Yeah, yeah, all completely different races. We've got Natolans, and I can't remember the species name, but it's the two Jedi Masters from... uh, It's the same race as the two Jedi Masters from Season 6. Oh, with the, when, the, when the whole the fives thing kicks off, yeah, yeah, Tapali or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, the the wavy hair stalks and stuff like that. So yeah, he he's trying to like figure out a bunch of things about them because he's really confused how they can use the Force this well and why none of them want to leave. And they're very so it basically devolves into this thing where it turns out that they're all colonists who came to the well who got lost and came to this planet and the Force has been trying to kill them forever, but they use the power to get away from it. And everyone's like there's things that you're leaving out here and from there he starts to learn certain things like how there's a temple on a far side of the planet that they've been told they were told by their parents before they their parents died you know don't go here don't use any of it and so the the kind of leaders are so i can't remember how they said their name so i'm gonna read them again guys correct me if i'm wrong it's Oj Oji. Uh, who's a female, uh, I think it's, is Mickey in the race? Sorry, I'm, I'm definitely not. Yeah, Mickey in. Yeah, yeah. Mickey in the, with the kind of wavy hair and the very vibrant skin. And the same race that Zine is in High Zine Republic, Morale. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, she's just, so she has more tentacly hair than anything. Yeah. And then there's her, or sorry, her brother, Kasul. And then there's a, there's a whole kind of community and there's like, you know, there's kids and then these, I don't think anybody's even close to it, to, older than obi-wan they're all around the same age there's a changeling that they kind of mention as well zabri who 
I don't know if she's a Claudite because I don't think they ever say it, whether or not they're a Claudite, but they're absolutely a shapeshifter. They can make everyone's faces, kind of do all that stuff. But yeah, so through a series of events of Obi-Wan kind of realizing nothing on the planet's attacking him, they're attacking everyone but him. And then there's this big giant cleft in the earth uh, near the temple that he senses all this despair and fear. And it was the thing where it was like, how can you not tell this is the dark side? But he's also like literally just become a Padawan. And the Sith have been gone for like 200 plus years. So like you can kind of get it, but it's still a little bit dim of him. Um, he goes through the temple that none of the kids want to go go through while they're descending because they're talking about har this harvest that they want Obi-Wan to help them with. He finds out that there were colonists here before and they were getting this power and they all were killed by the planet, basically. And then when he goes down, there's this big pool uh, when he when he goes into the cleft with these teens and when they start harvesting, they're literally grabbing these like balls of energy, these orbs of energy that are like going up to the planet's roots. And he realizes, oh shit, they're actually killing the planet. They're, this this planet is somehow has like a forced symbiosis with all of the plants and animals. And they're literally stealing the life force that the plants and animals need to survive so that they can have force powers. And as they're running away, the planet goes into overdrive. It's like trying to kill them with lightning strikes. And like all the animals are trying to kill them. And it's, we'll talk about it more afterwards, but they do a very good job of Give me the mm -hmm. answer right away, right? Yeah. Well, not not quite that. It's more of like understanding where these, you know, the group is coming from, right? These teens oh, and everything yeah. else where it's like, this is the only way they know. It's what they've been told. And also they love the power. And I mean, it kind of fits in with the whole dark side, right? They're clearly kind of attuning to this darkness. Yeah. And, and accepting it because it's the only thing they know. Yeah. So through a series of kind of talking with, some of the people, and especially Zabri, uh, and I can't remember the name. There's a Nautilin. There's a couple of Nautilins that are there, and their life is awful because the planet's not suited for them. So they basically have to stay in like these water tubs all day. Um, and Obi Wan gives one of uh, the oldest uh, Natol sorry, Natolian his rebreather, and it's it's like life changing for her. Like, yeah, oh my god, I can go outside it, and right? do stuff. Yeah, it modifies it so it, it's it's doing the reverse. It's sucking in water. Moisture, yeah. So that, yeah. She can breathe properly. So he's like kind of winning them over. And then we see the bad guy appear. Um, and it turns out that, oh God, I can't even remember his name because he's such a one-dimensional villain. But it's it's the uncle of uh, Aji and Kasul who like comes in with his mining ship because he's basically convinced this generic evil whatever company. They're so whatever that they're not, they're never even mentioned. They don't fucking matter. They come down, they lose two ships in the process. They land, they all come out. And we get something, I think we'd mentioned like, oh, this might be interesting if he actually needs him. And then he does in a way that I wasn't expecting and is kind of confusing. Because basically, like, Obi-Wan talks with the bad guy. Oh, what's his name? I shouldn't just call him the bad guy. Um, I can't remember his name. evolved into that, though. He was, yeah, the yeah. uncle, right? Oh, Logrib. Logrib. Logrib, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Talks with Logrib. Logrib's like, oh, I'm here to rescue all of you. And it's like, yeah, sure. That definitely sounds like what you were talking about before with the evil stuff. So Obi-Wan doesn't really trust it. And basically with Zabri's help, infiltrates the ship at night. Turns out that they're, like, holding the animals hostage, which is it's interesting, uh, to, like, make sure that the other animals won't kill them while they go into the cave. Obi-Wan goes around and, and tries to sneak on the ship, and he runs into Dexter, who is a miner. I was like, I thought you were an information broker from uh, Brotherhood, but, uh, okay, maybe, there, maybe he becomes an information broker later, but then that's kind of weird, because it's a very short time span for him to become an Maybe he already was an information broker. And he had a few gigs on the side, yeah. Who knows? It, it's very nebulous, and it, it's it's one of the only things that really bugged me with this book is it's it's it feels like 
two people had different ideas. But anyways, Dexter ends up helping them because it also turns out that Logrib was trying to kill Obi-Wan. He gets one of the guys to plant a, a bomb on his ship so that when he takes off, at a certain altitude, it would go off because it's a mining charge. You know, XYZ happens. He goes back and basically tells all the, the teens and, and kids like, hey, Logrib's not actually here to help you. He's going to harvest the planet, kill the entire planet. You're all going to be screwed. This whole planet's going to die with you on it. And of course, uh, you know, Odge and Kasul, uh, uh, sorry, don't believe him. Oh, no, he's family. He wouldn't do that. And he kind of slowly starts to bring them around with Zabri and uh, the Natolians' help. And uh, Kasul's like, nah, I have to be a, a wedge in the plot, so I'm going to run away and go talk to Logrip. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, we have to go after him. So they Spoiling do it. Spoiling plans? Spoiling your plans? Spoiling your plans? Yeah. <laughs> Team three star. It's never going to happen. But anyways, um, so they go after them. Uh, there's, a con- there's a big confrontation. Logrip's crew turns on him because he's very, he's such a, he's such a one. He's literally like, I'm going to get the power and the rest of you are all going to die. And the mining crew's like, well, we don't want to die. So we're going <laughs> to, yeah, and he's like, oh, this wasn't part of my plans. I'm going to run away now. And he like runs into the cave. And so he goes in with Kasul and uh, Oj and a bunch of stuff happens. There's, there's something kind of, it's the only other thing I don't like. There's a very contrived thing where Logrip's like, I am all of the power. I have all the force. And I was just like, I'm going to eat the fruit and the plant's going to hate, or the, the force bubble and the plant's going to hate me. And this is how I can tackle my uncle. And it's like, you could you didn't need to eat it to tackle him, but whatever. Yeah. And stuff happens. They all get out. Logrib fucking dies. Or <laughs> Logrib dies in a really funny method where he's literally hulking this boulder. It's like, I'm going to kill you, Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan flings a pebble at him. He's like, oh, my balance. And then the, the rock just crushes him. <laughs> it's just like, all right, well, whatever. Um, force powers, I guess, don't help you there. So Obi-Wan gets out. And when they're outside, the, the whole force is getting angry because they'd had, they'd like made this like weird non- committal agreement that like oh we're gonna be nice with the planet and help them out and all this stuff but now that Oj has eaten this fruit or you know force bubble or whatever all oh, the planet has been betrayed and it's never gonna trust them again so they all leave uh on now i guess dexter's ship and they go to a space station and obi-wan kind of talks with them and they're like oh yeah we're gonna go and find another planet that's you know very wild and and kind of nature based so that we can kind of have this nice nature life where the planet's not trying to kill us anymore and everyone's like yep i'm never gonna see you again bye bye which is also kind of weird uh so he he jets back to the temple and he is as he's going back there's been this huge uh thing going on his head this whole time well this mental war right where he's like oh my god what have i done i left the temple qui-gon's gonna hate me he also thinks at this point that the reason Dooku was there was so that Qui-Gon could leave with him because he's like, oh, Qui-Gon never talks to me. And oh, I don't understand. I'm a bad Padawan. So that was like one of the other Padawans I was telling him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his friend. So he, he's thinking this, like, oh, whatever. I'll like go back and I guess I'll get a new master because his, his, his douchebag friend who's a Rodian because, you know, we got to follow stereotypes. Um, also tells him like, oh, Qui-Gon didn't pick you you were assigned to him he doesn't want you and he's like i'm telling you this is a friend it's like you're just being an asshole yes. <laughs> but yeah so he kind of comes back and qui-gon's there waiting for him and he, he does something where i'm like okay this is a very qui-gon move it's a real dick move though qui-gon where obi-wan's like oh you're not mad at me and he's like what am i mad that i deliberately made it so my padawan would go on a mission on his own so i could stay here and meditate no, no that'd be crazy come on uh we have we have to we have an actual mission and also i never told the council you were leaving so as far as everyone's concerned you've been here for two days and i'm like wow they just don't keep track of people in the jedi temple do they but yeah, it basically kind of resolves there, and it's like, oh, you know, Obi Wan's learned, and he's kind of gotten a little bit, a little bit more mature, and he kind of understands a lot of stuff now because he does like the big moment where, 
you know, he beats Logrib and then also kind of helps all the teens is is basically him actually opening up to the Force and realizing like, oh, for some reason, all my fear and anxiety was blocking my Force connection. It's like weird. It's like that's what the light side's all about. <sighs> so overall, yeah, that that is basically where the book ends. So we'll kind of jump into the literature thing from from or the discussion from here. So cool. Yeah, there's there's a couple things in this book that are a little bit odd. There's a couple lessons that Obi Wan seems to have not learned that he really should have. Like the fact that yeah, if you're a ball of fear and anxiety, you're not gonna commune with the light very easily, right? You kind of figure that they follows him all the way. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, it's it's very weird. I mean, I get it. He's a teenager. He's a roiling ball of emotions. You know, we were all there at one point. But it's it's like if I was told, hey, you get your powers and become a better Jedi through not being afraid and anxious, then I'd kind of try to remember that. So I don't know. Maybe he was just asleep or not there for all those lessons. Oh, I also forgot. Sorry, one last synopsis thing. When Obi Wan's going through the temple, he finds this ancient data stick, um, and when he gets it deciphered. It's Orla Jereni kind of giving an overview of this of this place. And she basically says the same thing that Obi-Wan learned, like, oh, you know, the Rakanas here, they they stole this force power, the planet killed them. I wanna I wanna study this more because there's something going on here and I really need to know. But I've just been told I need to go back because there's a Jedi who needs my help. And, you know, I don't know him, but I really think that I can help Elzar Man. And it's like, oh cool. Yeah. So this is what she was doing before, you know This is the way seeking stuff that was going on before. Exactly. Yeah. This is why she wasn't at the Valo Fair. She was off doing this and then after rising or sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she wasn't at the Valo Fair and this is why afterwards she went to to meet up with Elzar. So yeah, it's a really cool kind of bridging the gap kind of thing. It just kind of hurts because it's like, oh, I already know what happens to Orla. So it's you're gonna die, so it doesn't matter. Fuck. Yeah, sick. <clears throat> you're, you're adding more to it to a wasted character, but I mean, mm. overall, yeah. I mean, I've got my own opinion on this book that I I'd like to talk about a little bit later. So yeah, it... I was gonna say because you have past yes. <laughs> kind of connections with this. So yeah. Dan, let's hear from you first, and I'll put my two cents in after you, and then we'll let Noma go on his nostalgia trip sure. for a little while. I think the first thing that we need to mention is that this book is a young adult novel. Mm. So, you know, students in high school, that kind of stuff. And I feel that it definitely has those elements of it, right? Mm. You know, talking about... It's, sorry, keep going. I was going to say, just talking about, like, things, you know, like, there's a part in it where, you know, like, they're talking about love and what that feels like, and Obi-Wan's mm. like, I don't know. And then the guy's like, you know, like, you never kissed anybody? And he's like, no, never. And he's like, I don't think I would, like, I don't know who I would kiss. And he's like, well, yeah. like, I haven't kissed anybody they, either. And he's like, well, uh, I'm not too sure and, about that. I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah. And then they, well, you missed the part where they drop, like, the biggest fucking, like, foreshadow reference. Because yeah. he's not, yeah, he's talking to to Casul uh, uh, when he's saying that. And it, it's, a, it's a little bit heavy-handed. Like, it was on the verge of being too Almost. much for me. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, you know, if I was going to kiss someone, they'd probably be, like, real relaxed and, like, someone normal. Definitely not, like, a princess or anything. I'm like, so did you just want to mention Satine? Just want to yeah, just right. say it outright at this point? Yeah. <laughs> um. So that was, like, you know, that that's a... You know, thing that's like exploring who you are as a person in that right in that way, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're like how you feel with other people. They, um, yeah, there's also one retcon they did with the love stuff that, like, I get it because she's basically been replaced. But I was very salty about it. Sure, because uh, we get Siritachi again in this book. Yeah, um, so we do. We have her mentioned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Obi Wan is very clearly like when they're talking about that scene. He's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, Siri is the only female friend I know, but like, right. I'm not attracted to her like that. And I'm like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Because <laughs> in the old canon, they were very, they were almost, or sorry, in the mm. old canon, Siri Tachi was basically the team. 
of the thing that the... I would say about that scene though is I feel I, I felt when he said that because what you've told me with Siri before mm. was that like I felt like he was like almost being like yeah I don't feel that way with her and like secretly he did maybe he's not, he's not allowed to feel that way as a Padawan right as a Jedi yeah, like, I feel true. like that's kind of what it was. He's like, yeah, like I, I don't really have these feelings for like for her or for anybody, right? Mm. But it was, I think that was a, a good exploration into that, and it wasn't too ham-fisted. It was like just enough, and then we moved mm. on. And then there's other yeah. parts of like you know the kids talking about you know this is like you know this is how we grew up. This is what we know. This is our like this is our culture. This is like what we're doing, and you're you're coming in and just destroying that without anybody asking. And I mm. get that as well because that's very pertinent in our cult, like in the in the political culture nowadays, yeah, right? Yeah. Talking about you know. You know, giving people's opinions when you don't really need it, and that's not what you're asking for. And people coming in and like changing your way of life without yeah, you forcing asking ideals. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it has a twist to it, where it's like you know, there's the aspect of them killing themselves faster because they're like, yeah, we live for like 15, 20 years, and then we're dead. Yeah, and they're like, it, he's it, like, wait, I wait, think what? It, I think it's implied. I think it's implied that they can get into like their thirties, right? Yeah. They can, they remember their parents, but they also remember them wasting away. Exactly, mm -hmm. and like they yeah. just yeah, waste yeah. away and then die, and they and it's like an addiction thing, right? There's there's a lot of different. You know, things. Well, it's, it's it's the power, right? Like that's that's, that's another the addiction, right? It's yeah. that it's that it's that I get this power. power I can serve... Yes, yeah. exactly. And, and it, it makes sense. It's it's a very dark side vibe. Right? Very they're much. So. The it's supposed to power. do to your body. It's supposed to triple mm. it, and they're not meant to handle what it. So what are you talking about, Ed? <laughs> yeah, right. What are you talking about, Ed? We've never seen dark side corruption manifest <laughs> before in a person. <laughs> Gross as fuck. Um... <laughs> yeah, remember Co or uh, Swator when you turn that on and off? Oh, you know, dude, like, I turned it yo, off after the red, first time. Red Twilight yeah. turns completely white with, like, the veins and the eyes. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, I remember I got to, like, Dark 2 or 3 or whatever, and I hadn't I hadn't taken off the mask in a while. So I did, and I was like, what happened to my character? Who is this? This is my character. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, that's gross. Never, never it's, again. It's it's like the scars in Mass Effect 2, right? Like, just yeah. like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not the thing that I would say, Renegade too. for life, but no scars. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to look like a, a tech zombie. The thing I like about this too is like like Obi Wan being as naive as he is and not having that connection to the Force at the beginning and and having trouble with that and mm. having to like come to terms with how to do it and go back to the basics and try and meditate and figure these things out and center himself and use the teachings that he knew that he was having struggling with at the temple in a mm. setting that is not very temple like, right? And being able to try and focus himself and coming to the realization that when he walks around by himself. You know, the, the animals and things are really calm and timid, right? They're not very, mm -hmm. uh, like, they're not going to attack him. And he's, like, trying to figure out this puzzle and trying to figure out what the Force is doing with this planet. And this planet is very, as Jor Orla Jereni was saying, like, very unique in its mm -hmm. symbiosis, right? It's very, very different. And so having that struggle with, you know, Orla Jereni at the time, 200 years prior, versus Obi-Wan, who's a Padawan instead of a Wayseeker and doesn't have the knowledge that Orla has, and trying to figure this out and seeing the things that happened, you know, in the in the, the tower that he went into of the people that lived there, you know, 200 years, 300 years prior that died because they did the same thing that this these kids are doing and that the, their parents did. And I guess their mm -hmm. parents. Right. So it's very interesting in terms of it covers a lot of themes and a lot of topics that we have in our in our everyday life. And that's kind of how media works. Right? It reflects kind of what's happening now with a twist of like. This is the the medium that we're gonna do it in Star Wars, right? With with Padawan, Obi Wan, but I liked it. Mm -hmm. I I really felt like it was handled well. Obi Wan was handled well. I had no problem believing. I think it believing that Obi Wan was Obi Wan in this book, uh -huh. and that I I didn't feel that disconnect where you know Gary did a very good job of 
voicing Obi-Wan, and I feel like that helped bring that voice to the character a lot, you know, and like mm. make that believable for me. The hard thing that I had about this audiobook was picturing each person, because I honestly still don't remember any of their names. Like the the youngling characters, yeah, yeah. It was they're really, they're just more of a group. I'm, it was. It yeah, kind of yeah. just, like they were talking about this one person and then this other person. I'm like, I can't picture them in my head, and I can't remember their names. So it was it was hard for me to do that. And I think it was because the audiobook was only seven and a half hours long. Yeah. Whereas normally we have about 12, 13 12 hour audiobooks. Yeah. Mm. So I feel like my brain takes a little bit longer to make those connections and having one on one conversations instead of in a group setting mm-hmm. helps a lot too. Right, I remember that there was two Nautilus twins because they were sharing the rebreather. Yeah, yeah. I remember that there's a little girl. I remember that there was like a leader girl, and I remember that there's a few other people involved with that. But I don't remember everybody. Like I remember Dexter because obviously it's Dexter. Dexter, Dexter. yeah, yeah. Um, but like Logrib, I couldn't remember his name, and I I couldn't picture Logrib in my head. He just in yeah. my head, he was like just a generic, like human. He is. Man. He's the most one-dimensional villain we've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. This is why you is guys got to use your imagination so We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, but okay. no, like, and that's I try, like, but the thing with me is, mm. like, I again, I think I need more time to get into the audiobook and to like really process who that character is. And I think so, if I would have read the book mm-hmm. and instead of listening to the names mm. and read the names, I would have remembered these characters a lot more. And I think that's one fault I have when I listen to audiobooks is I longer it's hard, the better for you. Well, mm. longer the better, but also if I don't see the name, it's hard for me to remember it if it's okay. not a memorable character. And unfortunately, for me, a lot of the kid characters were not very memorable because they were kind of side on the side a lot. It was more mm. Obi-Wan focused and maybe the leader kid more. I, I honestly don't remember that kid and like what species they were. I, I don't remember. Overall, a fun adventure. If it's a, you know, a young adult that's reading this book, I think they're gonna have a really good time. The thing I would say is they came out with it on a really good time. It's summer, right? When they came out with the book, it is, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi is coming out at the same time and, you know, kids are gonna wanna, you know, after watching the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, if they did, in high school, you know, like the kind of age group, they're going to want to have more things. And maybe their parents are going to like, you know, the bookstore and they see this book. and like, oh, that's Obi-Wan. I want to read more. You know, maybe. I wasn't a huge reader as a kid in high school. But I mean, some people might be. I would say overall, a pretty good adventure. The planet itself was very unique. The animals are very unique. I definitely got Displacer Beast vibes from the like the panther-like creatures on this planet. D&D reference. I don't know. <laughs> just That's how I pictured them in my head. That's fair. Um, the, I, I, I think it's just because I've been playing too much of the game, but I saw them as, Ed, you, what are the little rock monsters in Final goblins. Fantasy fourteen? Yeah, the cob- I saw them as goblins because they're, they're described as just a mouthful of teeth. Oh, no, no. Those are different creatures. There's like a panther oh, creature, oh. And, and then you're right. There's like the avalanche, they call them. Yeah, yeah. like a and coral like, or something. It just reminded me of like mini see. mimics, like rock mimics, almost, you know, like almost the things from Elden Ring with the eyeball, yeah. but with just eyes and teeth. But. Yeah, it, it's it's very strange descriptions, but yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And then there's these weird pitcher plants, yes, um, yeah. which I was a little bit concerned by because it's like, well, if they're pitcher plants, where are all the bugs that they're supposed to be? But they're like these weird pitcher plants that like draw on the force and like, it's interesting. I guess the animals drink from them to get the force powers. It's, yeah. it's yeah, it's interesting. And I, I honestly, overall, not a bad read, especially mm. for somebody that is a young adult. For me, it was pretty basic as a book in terms of plot and I could kind of see where the story was going from, like, when he realized, like, when he's talking to the, the, the beast, and he's like, yeah, like, hmm. why are you doing that? And somebody's there, and he's like, and then it starts attacking and getting all aggressive. Like, it was hmm. it was foreshadowed pretty easily for somebody who's an avid Star Wars reader, I, or just a reader in general that's seen hmm. a lot of things like this. But somebody who maybe hasn't, like a young adult, it's a good foray into that. 
Mm. Yeah. Ed, what did you think? Okay. See, when it comes to young adults books now, like I've had a bad track record with them in terms of just like getting frustrated or getting annoyed. I just, I can't anymore. With Obi-Wan, I start to do something new. And it was easy for this one because of the setting. It turned into Padawan Pan and the Lost Kids <laughs> with a little hint of what was it? The um, I just the the island with the boys. Oh, uh, something of pig- Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies, yeah, because yeah. they weren't they weren't uh, killing each other, but they were still doing things to the planet. And mm. so it was just like continue what you know. They, they formed their tribe and everything like that, and they're going on. But that's where Lord of the Flies ends. And then Padawan Pan and the Lost Kids comes into effect yeah. just because of the group setting, their leaders, and how they go about. And you have your Captain Hook in Logram, mm-hmm. who comes a little more, little less dimensional than Captain Hook. I'll give him an answer that. Well, he had his reasons. Like he was yeah. exiled without wanting to be and all that stuff. But, like, right? I mean, yeah. So- but very, it was it was close yeah. enough where I was just like that helped me where I wasn't really focusing on the kids individually because I was like oh it's just one of the lost kids at that mm. point oh, okay okay and here's like Peter Pan for the or Petra Pan and and Rufio the two the two there for um mm-hmm. and or Castle sorry and and Oprum uh, Odyssey uh, yeah. It, her, I can't remember yeah, again <laughs> the names I kept calling her Petra so it was just yeah. like <laughs> but the you thing I watched three houses <laughs> no right and Obi-Wan it was just this book just kept getting funnier and funnier for me to the point where it was fun to do this kind of thing mm. because yes like Dan was saying there's a lot that you know young people can learn from it but I was just thinking back on my own experiences while reading through it and reflecting mm. The funniest thing I laughed at was when Obi-Wan gets the ship and he's waiting and waiting and waiting for Qui-Gon. And the only thing would have made that scene better is Qui-Gon walking up to the ship with him and saying, be right back. I got to grab one thing <laughs> and leaving him at the counter while he's yeah, standing. Yeah, I was yeah. like, get him back. I got to go out for, uh, I got to go for milk. I'll be back yeah. in a second. Yeah, no, where, where was the, where was the milk aisle one? Okay. Just wait right here. Yeah, I, just I, put the things down on the cash. I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking, like, when he was coming, like, when he was waiting for him, and he, like, goes into the ship, like, what I thought was going to happen was he was, he's like, you know what? Screw it. Let's go. The boarding ramp starts to go up, and, like, Qui-Gon's like, ah, 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 all right. And and then he's just like, "Ah, I'll just wait. Right? And he's just like, okay, how would you like to pay? Like, that that really kicked into me. That's where I started to have fun with it, because up Mm. to that point, it was just like, oh, here we go the angst and uh and okay well if you're like this now then when anakin's like this in 20 years what or 10 years why the hell are you acting the way you're acting i still <laughs> feel that way at the end of the book because i feel like he should have learned a little mm-hmm. bit like this now especially when he hears oh yeah you know qui-gon did this on purpose and you're not in trouble because he's still looking out for you and he's actually being a sort of master that you're gonna mm-hmm. come to love but it's just like oh no no i'm gonna i'm gonna berate anakin every time he does something like this if yeah. he does do something I'm gonna tell castle it's just like oh my god <laughs> you've learned nothing from this beautiful beautiful man yeah what is wrong with you but in terms of his problem solving skills and sort of his detect- detective skills in terms of his diplomacy they really start to bloom here and through books like brotherhood and then on because he gets the name negotiator from there Mm. like it's you're starting to see him form the tapestry of that Mm. and i do 
Obi-Wan was never my favorite favorite Jedi. He's up there. Mm-hmm. But like see, seeing this now and hearing him in his younger years, I I take a little bit of that hate away now because it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, okay, you're you're young. You're you're young. Just leave it at that. Just yeah. learn. It does uh, you, you're part. you're allowed to be more fallible. Yeah. yeah. I think the droid was a very cool character as like a not somebody that you could rely on in terms of like the force and the teachings and stuff, but it was a good what was it A A something or whatever was the droid? Yeah, it's because yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was really cool. I loved Aces. Tinkerbell. Yeah, almost. Yeah, Yeah, because it's like make sure the angry Tinkerbell. Yeah, take the (laughs) ship away and move the ship here and like can you decipher this? Yeah, Ace's personality is also great because yeah. it's very much like, a, I, okay, well, I don't know where he went, so I'm I'm just gonna look out for me because yeah. there's part there's a certain part where he's like, Ace's, get out of here, and she's like, Oh, I've already left. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, well, I guess that's good. All right, whatever. <laughs> and then there's another part where I think in the beginning he's like, uh, Ace's, you know, I'm gonna go and do this thing. If you don't hear back from me, then. Uh, you know, you, you'll have to get back and let them know. And he's like, okay. And he's like, oh, she said that a little bit too late. You're not going to come help me? Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you said that a little bit too enthusiastically. Yeah. Wait a minute. No, um, Noma, you said earlier that hmm. this book was like almost like modified in a kind of way or a little yeah. different than what you know from before. Oh, but yeah. What, uh, do, what did you mean by that? So I've got a, a, a huge tension to go on upon that, but I also want to yeah. uh, mention one thing that you talked about, Ed, because I thought it was mm-hmm. a nice callback, which is uh, Brotherhood, because there's yeah. another thing that I was really laughing about, which is again, he, you know, when he's talking to Kasul about the whole castle or whatever, uh, about the whole like romance thing. At one point, Kasul's like, "Yeah, I wouldn't want to kiss you though. You're like kind of weird. Like, I, you, why do you have? You've got like all this hair in like weird places. Like, what the? What's up with that? It's real weird. Like, it doesn't really look good." And Obi was like, "I, I like my hair." Yeah. And it reminded me of, of Brotherhood when he's like, "The mullet," and yeah. he just immediately gets rid of it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. see, see one of Obi Wan's few, few uh, little downside or you know the flaws in his personality yeah. is he is he is a little bit vain right same thing with satine where he's like what's wrong with my beard it's self-conscious <laughs> in that regard i would say too like yeah. if you look at the cover his hair is longer than it is in episode one so mm. maybe he did actually yeah cut it down, cut it down a, little a little bit try but yeah so the thing ed was talking about was that i i might honestly i'm probably going to end up having the highest opinion of this book because it was a really nice like i said nostalgia trip for me you've heard me talk about it a couple of times i think i mentioned it every time we have brian on the podcast but there's a, a book series that we both read growing up which i was uh shocked by the first time because it was done by as a canadian i thought scholastic was canada only um, me too was, yeah it's an america yeah it must be in america too because it was it was only produced by scholastic but they did a series of books called jedi apprentice and it's the same kind of thing it's obi-wan and qui-gon pre-episode one kind of going on these adventures and doing all this stuff there's all these really interesting villains like Jenna Zan Arbor and Xanatos, which is the most evil name for a failed Padawan I have ever heard. Xanatos. Uh, and he's he's also, fun fact that is relevant to this, he is Qui-Gon's first failed apprentice. So that's like the whole conflict there is, is you know, Qui-Gon being like, oh God, it's all my failures come back to haunt me. But this reminded me of a much nicer, kind of like more modern take on one of Jedi Apprentice's two-parter books. And I actually, after our last talk with Brian, I actually went in and, and I don't have them here right now, but I unearthed the Jedi Apprentice novels that I had because I didn't collect all of them. Good condition, Scholastic... bad condition? Oh, oh, real bad condition. I read yeah. the They've shit been read so much. Oh, yeah. yeah. Falling apart. yeah that, the cover, that's a the... good condition book. Yeah, the, the spine is obliterated on one of them. Like, I can't even read what the title is anymore. But anyways, yeah. but one of the books in that, uh, which I did reread both of them, 
is Defenders of the Dead, and then there is The Uncertain Path. And it's interesting because it's actually a much more brutal version of this story. Really? Because I'll give a very quick summary of it. I, I could gush about it for a long time, but it's basically the first book is that there's this planet that is just a full civil war, civil war to the point where they can't even, it's called, the planet's called Melita slash Dawn because both sides want it to be named their thing. Oh. And they've been, right, because they have their, their own different cultures and their own whole things about this. And it's this weird thing where it's like they have a similar culture. It's like, oh, the it's divided into ages where it's like the elders are in charge and then the, the middles are like uh, have some power and responsibility and the young, fuck them, they're worthless. So Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan go to this planet because uh, one of the sides actually ca uh, captured the Jedi delegation team that came so that they could try and use them to force the Republic to help their side in the Civil War. Um, but anyways, they go down, they do this whole kind of thing. It's it's like this brutal but kind of Cold War-y situation. But long story short, basically, Obi-Wan ends up meeting the resistance of the planet, which is all of the young. It's all the teenagers and younger who are like, we're sick of this. It's just our our parents killing each other for generations. Something needs to change. And Obi Wan's like, I like I like their moxie. And Qui Gon's like, whatever. I'm here for the Jedi. So a bunch of the and it also turns out that one of the Jedi who's on the delegation is uh, kind of quasi lovers with Qui Gon. Uh, that's tall. I think we mentioned her in one of the other podcasts. So it's also very clear that Qui Gon's not paying attention to anything outside of saving the Jedi. No. Nope. Uh, yeah, so that drives a wedge between Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan's like, we're Jedi. We're supposed to be helping these people. They want to make a better life. Why aren't we helping them? And Qui-Gon's like, look, we're here to save the Jedi. That's our mission. We're not supposed to interfere. This is a Republic business. It's not us. I'm getting tall and leaving. And Obi-Wan's like, all right, well, I'm going to do Jedi things then. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's basically like, yeah, if Qui-Gon had come down and been like, well, look, they're not the problem. Let's investigate the planet and this Force thing. And Obi-Wan would be like, no, we have to help the, the people, though. And it gets real... Yeah, it gets real because at the end, basically, Obi-Wan is about to help use their starship to help the young attack and pull a coup on the elders. And he goes to get it and Qui-Gon's standing there and he's like, no, I'm using it to get the Jedi back. Come with us. The mission's over. And Obi-Wan's like, it's not. I'm helping them. And Qui-Gon says, okay, if that's the case, you can't be a Jedi because you're breaking the code. And Obi-Wan gives him his lightsaber. He's like, all right. And then leaves. And that's the end of the first book. So he like fully quits the yeah. Jedi Order as an apprentice. He's wow. like, yeah, I'm I'm done. So Obi Wan then in the next book helps with his revolution, and he actually helps them win, and they overthrow the elders, and they get the help of the middle generation. But then the person they put in charge of the young turns out to have all the power go to his head, kind of like uh, Logarb or Kasul, and is like, cool, let's just start burning everything that the old generation made. And Obi Wan's like, the fuck. <laughs> And the other one of the other people, what's her name? Uh, Karasi or Sarasi or something like that. Who's they? They the three of them make up like the the leadership of the young Obi Wan and and Sarasi are like, no, that's not okay. We we took over to make life better and not just burn everything to the ground. And uh, the leader, oh, what's his name? Neild, Nailed, something like that. He's like, doesn't matter, Obi Wan. You're a foreigner. Fuck off. We don't need you no more. And so he starts to do it. He ends up getting Sarasi killed. Uh, as they're trying to, like, do this thing. And so Obi-Wan eventually has to... Sorry, Neil ends up getting Sarasi killed. So Obi-Wan has to basically flee and call the temple and be like, hey, we're literally on the verge of another civil war because a, a bunch of other stuff happens that is about to set it off again. He's like, look, please come and help me. And so Qui-Gon comes back, 
And together they end up kind of restoring a status quo where it's just everyone is now going to work together because of like, look at, look at how ass backwards your culture is. Or it's like there was leadership. We, you got a better leadership for like a week and a half and you all hate each other so much that it was about to go to shit. So sit down, figure something out. There's no reason for you all to be fighting. You share the same culture. Just bridge this gap so you don't have to be killing each other anymore. And it looks like the, the book's going to end off on a, on a good note because Qui-Gon leaves with Obi-Wan and they come back to the temple. And Obi-Wan's like, all right, I'm, like, I'm sorry, Qui-Gon. You know, I, I couldn't see the larger picture. I was blinded by my ideals. I, I apologize. And Qui-Gon's like, cool, I accept your apology. Welcome back to the temple. I can't be your master anymore, though. And that's how the book ends. And it's like, wait, what? Wow. <laughs> Yeah, and so the next book starts. Eh? Well, it, it's it's very much a thing where, and it makes sense because they go into it later on, and it's it's Qui Gon is is incredibly shaken by the event because he's already lost. That's you know he's already lost one Padawan, Xanatos, and Xanatos straight up fell to the dark side, and they already know that. And so he he sees Obi Wan leave, and he's like, "Oh God, not again!" And again, this is revealed in in the next book in a little bit. But he, he literally is, he he almost gets like PTSD where he's like, "Oh fuck, I, I'm I'm a terrible Jedi." I can't train Padawans. I just, I just break people that they give me. Wow. And so there's this huge crisis of conscience that Qui-Gon goes through. And resolving that helps Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon kind of form this solid master and apprentice bond. Because, like, look, neither of us is what we want the ideal of ourselves to be. But we can we reach it. that if, yeah, if we work together and trust each other. And so by, I think, the, the uh, seventh book, that relationship is much stronger until Tall dies and Qui-Gon goes on the fucking warpath. Are these young reader books? Yeah, it's real. <laughs> it's, it's surprisingly Man, it got, dark. It got a lot lighter in terms of this book being a young yeah, adult yeah. novel. And, yeah. and, and that's why, like, there's other things in it, too. The books are all fairly short, and they're written in, in a very kind of... Uh, easy, 2000s easy yeah. yeah 2000s children's book thing so it's like real basic um uh, you know we still form these connections it's a lot more basic than uh padawans very much so okay uh, like padawans length is like three of these books basically it's but almost it like the secrets of the like the Dare leonis books the how thin they are Remember kind those? Of, kind of like, yeah, yeah. Of them? Each, like each one i could grab one of uh, actually i don't even know if i no they're all somewhere else but yeah they're all like 60 yeah. to 80 pages like you know kids book stuff but yeah it's, it's really interesting they go through all this stuff and you can tell the writers were just having a lot of fun <laughs> it's very much a thing uh i think the guy who wrote it is jude watson and i love his stuff because it, it like even as a kid you know as a kid i can even go back and read some of the books now and they're not terrible like they're very um approachable surface level oh, yeah okay. approachable surface level. like there's not a lot of like intense mental anxiety most of the time sometimes there are like with this book but they're very easy to get into right and it's very like what you see is what you get kind of a thing but yeah, so it's yeah, it's definitely interesting that the earlier books are more brutal. I yeah, think. definitely. So many people straight up die in these books. Like it's it's nuts. Uh, there's and it, it's Talking oh yeah, like Yaddle, War. Yaddle dies in these books. Oh, this is where shit, we got really? the original canon explanation of why Yaddle wasn't in episode two. Oh wow. Yeah, so that is it's yeah yeah. She basically ends up absorbing a virus bomb to make sure everybody else survives and she takes it all in and just fucking turns to ash basically wow yeah yeah there's some crazy stuff in these books but they were really fun and as a kid i enjoyed them because it never got into like a lot of detail it right? definitely hooks it, you at the end of them like the first one him being like yeah, yeah. i'm done being a padawan yeah the plot twist and, like, and, and oh yeah the plot twist and some of them are insane like that's the the thing with qui-gon going on the warpath like he starts just 
he starts fucking people up. Like he doesn't, I don't think he kills many of them, but it's like, there's a part where, where a bunch of the thugs or they send like a hit squad after him. And he's just like, he's force pushing them hard enough that he's shattering rib cages and like breaking bones as they're hitting walls. And he's literally just doing things where it's like, I'm, I'm just getting everybody incapacitated as fast as I can. Cause I need to catch and kill this guy. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting side of Qui-Gon, but he does pull himself back. He ends up, you know, learning to accept yeah. uh, Tall's death and, she kind of saves him through the force too yeah it's, it's it's really interesting right like i said this it was a really really nice nostalgia read for me with That's padawans because i was kind of getting a nicer story of the the melita don conflict and updated to um, like what we have going on in our world now yeah and a lot more introspective right like i think because the one thing was reading the jedi apprentice books it was never like oh my god i can relate to obi-wan it's obi-wan's obi-wan and qui-gon are fucking badass yeah but it's it, you never really get into their thoughts right yeah. so these books are a lot more interesting and i feel like it helps it helps you um grow cl much closer to the character on an emotional level than okay. kind of surface level like these books were yeah. but i still you know i'm in insanely biased if because you... i I was say, if anybody has read these books as well and wants to input yeah. on that, let, let us know what you thought about those books too. Because like those mm -hmm. seem like a really fun little like jaunt down, you know, oh, yeah. those young reader books. So and it, it was a successful series because there's I can't remember what the sequel trilogy was called, but there's a it was so popular that they made a sequel series of books that were all about Obi Wan and Anakin oh, pre episode okay. yeah pre episode two okay uh, so, so almost Brotherhood is, yeah. But then they did this really cool thing, and I remember blowing my mind as a kid, where basically to announce this book series, they had a crossover with a series that didn't even exist yet, where it was a story from Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon's perspective of Jedi Apprentice, and then it continued in the Obi-Wan and Anakin story. Okay. Like, that threat comes back and, and That's so ties cool. into it. Yeah, and uh, then I've got one, I think I've showed you guys this before, when they finished the book, uh, or sorry, when they finished this series, they released another crossover, but this one was four generations of Jedi. Oh, man. And one overarching villain. So it starts with Yoda and Dooku, and then it's Dooku and Qui-Gon, and then it's Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, and it ends with Obi-Wan and Anakin. Cool. And it was crazy. And you get to see some crazy things, like Dooku as a Padawan. Dooku as a Padawan. Like that, I remember. I, I, I literally have that book right here, because I... I it blew my mind as a kid being like, oh my God, Dooku is a Padawan. What's he like? Oh, he's just as arrogant and, and asshole-ish as he always is. Yep. <laughs> and then it's the exact same thing when it's uh, Dooku and Qui-Gon. Like there's the, the writers got the characters, right? Like Dooku and Qui-Gon's relationship is Qui-Gon being like, look, I respect you, Dooku. Oh my God, you've got a chip on your shoulder. Like there are certain things where it's like, I don't need to tell you because you're a Padawan. And Qui-Gon's like, cool, I guess I'll just learn on my own. Thank you, Dooku. But the lessons that he imparts on him, Qui-Gon's like, man, that is some that is some wisdom like as much as it is annoying trying to learn from you sometimes when you drop knowledge on me it's crazy and then again that goes on over on to uh Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan asks him at one point like oh what was it like with your master and Qui-Gon's like let's just say that the reason I talk to you a lot is because I I'm trying to improve on my master's lessons and it's just like it's just, yeah you just get to see this like spirit of Dooku's arrogance just kind of carry out through multiple generations into That's the movie so I, I like that the it shows yeah. it in those books because we get that a little bit in this as well but it mm -hmm. kind of changes in the fact that like I mean we haven't dived into Master and Apprentice dove into Master and Apprentice yet but mm -hmm. there's some stuff in there that kind of blends into like why Qui-Gon is the way he is a little mm -hmm. bit and then it kind of blends into like Obi-Wan a bit more which is yeah. interesting too yeah, and I'm curious too, because I, I actually haven't read Master and Apprentice yet, but yeah, one of the things that I really enjoyed was 
Qui-Gon, you, you, like realizing reading that book, that Qui-Gon picked up Do- Dooku's aloofness, mm. um, but then interpreted it in a different way where his was much more aloof because he's trying to understand the mysteries of the Force, not because he just thinks he doesn't need to tell people that yeah. because he's too important, right? And yeah, Dooku's arrogance being like a real big thing of like, you kind of see him not really skirt with the dark side, but just be like, I mean, look, this guy tried to kill us, so if you don't give us the information, I'm just going to kill you so you don't come back. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, this, this is a Jedi who is very... And, and it kind of ties into other canon, though, because we we see from uh, Jango Fett Open Seasons, the comic book series, that Dooku just cut, like, slaughtered his way through the Mandalorians when he defeated Jango Fett. Like, it was just... It was brutal. He didn't care at all, right? He did, however, feel bad, though, when the Republic then sells Jango into slavery, and that ends up being one of the reasons why he ends up leaving because he's like wait i thought we were the good guys that's Mm. kind of fucked up but yeah it's just really nice uh kind of enforcing and kind of building up the character so he just makes even more sense on screen but yeah like i said overall it just means i am incredibly biased that i was like i like this book a lot because i'm glad you did these feels yeah and uh yeah i mean I know I'm not the host this time, but anybody else have any other thoughts on? Yeah, uh, I was gonna say final <laughs> thoughts time. I was gonna say with the the bad guy, uh, mm. what's his name? Low grip. Low, low grip. He had like that like anime bad guy <laughs> power up at the end, yeah. where like he just gets like yeah. jacked and he's like, "I'm the bad man. It's yeah. gonna destroy you." And it's just like my hero academia, twin heroes, yeah. or heroes or it's right it's uh, it's the stress guy where he becomes like the big stressed ball of it, muscular muscle. yeah muscular not muscular See, me, sorry um big pointy nose guy from the um the revolutionary oh duh, duh. he's voiced by sanji Distro. in the anime the guy who did sanji i i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah he's uh yeah what's his name or something yeah redestro redestro yeah he, oh, he reminded me of that where like it's like the the quintessential anime trope where it's like the bad guys like he's been beaten down a few times and he's yeah. like desperate and then he finally just unleashes this like yeah, it's yeah hulk essentially and, yeah. and because it was desperation immediately in my head because i knew he was a mickeyan but all i could picture in that fight scene was cell ascended or it's just like against team gohan he's hulked out and be like yeah. i'm gonna use the thing that trunks did and it won't go yeah. against me and then he gets crushed by a rock which was easily one of the most pathetic ways i've seen a star wars villain go out a yeah. rock that he was holding yeah, I mean, yeah. you couldn't, you couldn't have Obi Wan like go kill him with a lightsaber. Some like, it just wouldn't. Looney like, Tune shit. You can't have Padawan <laughs> do that. I guess, but it was real. It was real sad. Like, there's a reason why none of us are gonna remember him after this book because he was a oh, very yeah. pathetic villain. We're gonna get him back and like, you know, after Episode Nine, he just comes back because it's like, oh, how dare you? Somehow, low groups returned. Who? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. that does it, does it? We have anything All else? All right. If that is it for discussion, let's head into the canon material rankings. Yeah. Welcome to the rankings for Padawan. Now, remember, these are always our opinions. If you have if you've read it or listened to it and you thought it was way better or way worse, or whatever, we'd love to hear that. But for now, these are ours. And once we get into the outro, we can definitely definitely give you ways to contact us so you can give us your opinion on that as well for now let's start with you dan how did you rank padawan i'm gonna give it a 6.5 it was good you know it's a book that i could see a teacher using as like a a classroom kind of you know deep dive type thing almost like lord of the flies ish Mm. um (laughs) i mean it's not as obviously brutal but yeah i feel like it would be a good foray into like discussions into think topics that are happening nowadays 
and you know like getting into your head a lot which is you know i i don't know about you guys but in high school people do that all the time even now people get in their heads and just like you're spinning ideas and things into things that hmm. are obviously like quion wasn't doing the things that obi-wan thought he was doing um and like hmm. just leaving right so like there's like there's themes and stuff i could see people using i wouldn't read this book again it was a fun book it was a good obi-wan book i would recommend it for young adult readers for sure but yeah like i would say like you know I would recommend it for other like the the audience it's made for or somebody who likes obi-wan and it has maybe read the books that noma has read mm -hmm. i feel like that but for me personally i it was okay it was it was good enough to give it a solid 6.5 i think okay no we're gonna get to you in a second yeah no worries <laughs> i'm really curious about this i'm giving it uh seven the only reason i give this one a seven a it's one that should be read I think especially young adults, sure. But like I said, for me, it's just like it made me reminisce and it made me reflect on a lot of things. And it also, I also got to have a lot of fun with it when I started putting other cartoon kind of layovers on it and those filters started showing up. And it just became an interesting and fun read at that part. Mm -hmm. But I do agree with Dan about the learning uh, perspective of it, especially if a teacher did use it, that, is, that would be a big help. But it's it's not a terrible book. Like it's... Especially if you want that history of Obi-Wan, I think more than anything, history of Obi-Wan, it's what well, these books that are coming out are filling out the prequels even more so like you'll be able to go from High Republic one day right through just reading and getting every little detail about this. Mm -hmm. This might be like a Forgotten Realms series with like 60 books or something <laughs> you've got to read or, or in that or almost already Horus Legacy mm -hmm. or is going to be something <laughs> like this. Right. So. It's it's one of those that I think deserves to be on the list of things to read if you are reading through the series. It's not one that you should skip. So that gets it a seven for me. Noma, what'd you give for it? Uh, so I actually thought you guys were going to rate it a little bit lower, but for me, this one's an eight. Okay. Nice. Um, and a lot of that comes from nostalgia. And it also comes from just the fact that, like, it was kind of like what you said. It was really fun getting into Obi-Wan's head. And kind of seeing his own thought process of being young. Did I agree with all the choices that they made with him? No, not really. But, you know, it, this, is a, this is a nice, non-offensive story, right? Like, this doesn't really fuck up the canon that much. It doesn't really make any waves. It's just a cool way to see, like, oh, this is how Obi-Wan acts. Or this is why Obi-Wan acts the way that he did in episode one. You know, he's still he's still got a little bit of that haughtiness. He's still got a little, you know, a little bit of that exasperation of like, oh, what is it with Qui-Gon? You know, do not defy the council master. Not again. Like that kind of he's still picking up things, but For you're sure. seeing him kind of get over a big hurdle of his adventure. And I mean, look, I'm biased. Anything is Siritachi in it. I'm going to give it some extra points. Even just mentions. Yeah, right. anything. <laughs> I just I love that character. I'm I'm still annoyed that they haven't given her her original personality back because she was actually proto Anakin. Like her, her main thing was she was the best starfighter pilot of the that generation of Jedi, okay. um, and it's a thing that she actually teaches Anakin a little bit of of flying in deltas. Oh, cool! Um, ju just a little bit of being like, look, it's finicky stuff. Like you, you're used to pod racers and things. You did one and one Naboo starfighter stint. That's cool, kid. Let me show you what actually flying a spaceship's like. Because yeah. I need to import this on someone, and my own pod one doesn't care. So please, for the love of God, do this with me. Yeah. And Anakin ends up learning a lot from her. So like, and that shows kind of like yeah. why he became a good pilot too, like where he inherited yeah. that from. Yeah, and they even not uh, that he wasn't, but like it just kind of no, no, exactly. helps him. 
but that's also a thing is unless i'm i as far as i remember there was a, a nice point near the end of the books where siri goes oh god he's so much better than me now what the hell happened nice so you see you know it, there there's still that respect for the characters in there but you know i like seeing siri back i'm glad she's part of canon again i just i need that like because that was the other thing is um she didn't wear jedi robes she wore starfighter pilot robes nice and that was just her thing was like look i like this stuff so i'm gonna dress how i want what are you guys gonna do and you'll be like i, I don't know <laughs> But yeah, overall, like I said, a lot of nostalgia vibes. It, it was really, really nice going back to... God, I sound so old saying this, but it, it was nice going going back to a time where I didn't have this much responsibility. I could just <laughs> yeah. sit yeah. back and enjoy Star Wars. That's good. I'm glad, I'm glad yeah. I got you back there. Yeah. Now, the one thing I want to say, fun fact for, for Noma, is that he hmm. ranked this the same as Tarkin, Dark Disciple, yes. and The Light of the Jedi, there which are all phenomenal books. So I, yeah, that's awesome. Look... I absolutely big, big agree with that. One thing that I did think of, because I was like, oh, I'm giving this the same as Tarkin. Tarkin's got a very slow beginning. It's it I does. think it's the only reason why it loses a few points with me. Oh, man, I love that slow beginning. <laughs> it, it's interesting, but... After every little thing, it's like, I must know yeah. more about Iriadu. Yeah, yes. yeah. That, that part I like, but it's the part where Tarkin's like, let's look at these droid starfighters and go over everything about them. I'm like, Tarkin, I don't care about droid brains. Get to the fucking point. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair though. I mean, yeah, I was surprised that you ranked it the same as that, but you know, it mm. just goes to show you like how Kirsten White really, you know, found that material from the past mm. and kind of honored it in a way that really sat well with with fans, hey. or at least with Noma. Hey Disney, if you're paying attention, this is how you do Jason Solo. <laughs> you don't just kind of take ten percent of it and then push it in on, and then be like, Adam, you take the rest of it, and then just screw them over like Sorry, that <laughs> alphabet, alphabet squadron as well as an eight for you yeah but that's because it's alphabet squadron alphabet the squadron book was good alphabet was. grew on all of us yeah. all right yeah. it took some time but it did yeah any final thoughts on this one any final rankings it. all right yeah. thanks for joining us for the rankings we'll be right back with our outro Welcome to the outro. Thank you once again for joining us for this podcast. Now, we told you in the beginning that if you made it this far, we'd let you know what we're getting into in our next episode. Next episode of literature is another book. We're going into The Princess and the Scoundrel by Beth Revis. Now, this is... Oh, I... Should I give you a little bit of a... A little bit <laughs> Have of you listened a preview? To it yet? Into... I, I haven't, haven't started I know... it yet. I know the little bit. This this is going to take place right after episode six. Okay. So mm. it's Han and Leia really getting to know each other and all of that now. So Princess and the Scoundrel, if okay. you like that couple, mm -hmm. if you like that, get into it. Mm -hmm. That's all I'll say. <laughs> That's going to be good. It's fair. It's fair. But yes, remember this podcast is all about our opinions as well as sharing information with you guys. And we definitely want to hear more from you. We want to branch out this community. We have a brand new email you can get in contact with us with. Us with. And please, 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 please share your voice. Share your voice with our voice. And that way everybody can hear us scream. It will be fantastic. But to learn more of how you can get in contact with us, please, Dan, let our listeners know. Yeah, you can find us over at voiceforce.com where you can find our episode posts. You can 
listen to the episodes on our actual episode post through a SoundCloud embedded link. You just click the play button and it'll play for you. You can also contact us on that webpage. There's a contact us page. You can go there. You can go to the about section, learn a little bit more about us. There's sections divided up on like shows. If you want to go listen to the Mandalorian episodes, you want to listen to the Bad Batch episodes, our Star Wars Celebration episodes, it's all categorized. You can also email us at connect at voiceoftheforce.com. It's a new email address. If you want to send us our uh, your feedback, you can do that at connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, at voiceoftheforce.com. And let us know what you thought about Padawan or the young reader books that Noma was talking about. I really want to know, you know, what you guys thought about this. It's, we had a almost not divisive ranking on this one, but it was kind of like mid to like low upper tier ranking. Mm. So is, is your opinion in there as well? Like in that range or is it lower or is it higher? Like where is it? Let us know. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram on social media at voiceforcepod. Again, that's at voiceforcepod. If you retweet or repost or share on your stories, our new episode posts or tweets, it does help with spreading the word about the podcast and growing the listener base of people that are listening to the podcast so they can give us their opinions and have their voice on the podcast. And uh, it is very much appreciated. You can listen, rate, review, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, and all major podcast platforms. If you listen to us on any of those platforms or some other platform that you have as well, review us with whatever you feel is a good ranking. If you really like the podcast, a five-star always helps. If you add a comment, we'll read it on the podcast as well. And uh, we'll be able to hopefully be visible more on those platforms for other Star Wars fans that want to find a Star Wars podcast to listen to. And if you follow or subscribe for free on the podcast platform of your choice, you'll get the latest episode downloaded to your device as soon as we release it in the morning or in the evening, whenever we, we get there. And yeah, you'll have it ready to go when you're on your commute to work or as you're just kind of chilling and doing your thing. And remember, young adults, if you're walking through a forest and there's a bunch of berries around, and you think they're going to get some kind of energy or something from them, don't because they're probably poisoned and probably clearly, <clears> and then something else in the forest will probably get after you. So you should really leave that stuff alone and just enjoy nature because it's Big beautiful. Bigfoot, they'll come for you. Don't do it. Oh my God. <laughs> It's Bigfoot, and you'll die before you're 30, so don't do it. Say no to berries. Bye.